welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, uh, we got a great little Fourth of July episode for you, uh, and it's uh, you know it's Fourth of July episode only in the fact that it's coming on the fourth. Really has nothing to do with with America or hot dogs or beer or fireworks or whatnot. Uh, but the band we're talking about sort of does. Diarrhea Planet from Nashville, Tennessee. They have a new album out called Turn to Gold. It is uh, it is as rocking as you would expect from four guitars and uh, four lead guitars, no less. Um, and uh, this is, I believe, their third album. So Paul and Patrick are down here to uh, drink a few beers and talk to the rock, as we are wont to do. Uh, also, you know, we're going to be talking about the uh, Led Zeppelin case that just got settled. Led Zeppelin one. That's a spoiler, I, I suppose, if you haven't been following. Um, you know, when we talked about this. It was before the settlement. It was actually after the day of, so we weren't sure how it was going to go. But I think it's it's applicable. Uh, a lot of things we're talking about. Uh, we talked about last year when the, the uh, Robin Thicke case, uh, where the estate of Marvin Gaye sued Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams uh, for for essentially stealing his vibe, uh, and you know stuff like that led to this case. So this is actually a sort of an important moment and a good thing I think that led up and won uh, in this instance. So going to be discussing a little bit about that and also because it's fourth of july uh we're going to be playing a track off of carl brummel's upcoming new album also titled fourth of july uh you know carl brummel you know him from my morning jacket and uh i'll give you a little more information later but he's got a new solo album coming out i believe it's his second and uh, i've heard it and it's excellent and so it's the track we're going to play so that's your podcast for this week so if you guys can take a break from uh shoving hot dogs into your face and uh open a beer please Fourth of July, should be doing that. Uh, set up some fireworks and uh, get ready to to chillax with us. Here you go. This is episode number one hundred and ninety-seven of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're reviewing the new album from Diarrhea Planet, Turn to Gold. Okay. It comes here and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up in the next That right there is a logical fallacy. I love you. 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 Everybody set. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Paul! Thanks. This is a uh, a birthday podcast where we talk about bro things on Paul's birthday. <laughs> now I reinstated your bro card. Oh just, boy, just for your birthday. Is it a, is it a temporary reinstatement? It's a temporary. Okay. It's like a learner's permit. All right, you have to like go through the bro code again. <laughs> and uh, how did I lose it again? Um, just by being you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Too bad. I'm not going to be able to get out from under that. So. No, I don't think you are. I think, Patrick. Was, I think it was liking that St. Vincent album way too much. Yeah. That was a while a, ago then. That was a while ago. <laughs> there was something very specific, I think. Oh, I think no, it was it, one of the eight million times that I haven't gone to Slash Run. Yeah, it was Slash, it was, it was slash Run. That's exactly what it is. Patrick, you've been away for a while. Now you're yes, back. Very happy to be uh, here. Happy you're here, man. Uh, you can decompress. I would like to. We can get all stressed talking about music. Where do I sign? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, today we're going to be talking about 
a little bank of Diarrhea Planet, which uh, Paul and I have both had the extreme pleasure, I think, of, of witnessing live. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have had the pleasure of witnessing them on record. They have a new record out called Turn to Gold. Uh, we're going to be like digging like, really deep into that uh, pretty quick here. But before we get to that, uh, something just wrapped up today. And honestly, uh, we actually just taped a podcast and I should have checked the news to see if the jury came back. Uh, if you haven't heard, Led Zeppelin's getting sued uh, for Stairway to Heaven. Uh, here's the specifics of the case. Uh, basically, this band Spirit, uh, the estate of Spirit, because uh, Randy California, who's the songwriter of the song question, uh, has passed away, unfortunately is suing Led Zeppelin uh, and sort of blocking their remaster of these al- of all their albums coming out. It's an LP remaster. Uh, alleging that Stairway to Heaven directly copies a 1968 song entitled Taurus. We're not going to play it here, but we can. you can look it up on the internet to see the comparisons. No verdict yet. No verdict yet? Oh, you looked it up? Closing arguments. Excellent. Finished, yeah. We move at the speed of the internet or at information, right? Absolutely. Long, apparently contentious closing arguments. Holy shit. You mean contentious like people are objecting during closing argument like you're not uh, supposed to do? I think from what I read, the judge actually had to um, reprimand one of the attorneys during the closing arguments for... <laughs> I'm saying lawyer talking. Practice pointers with Paul yeah. and Patrick. I'm, I'm saying this based on an article, so this is not me uh, making any representations, having actually watched this. But apparently, uh, I think it was Led Zeppelin's attorney, not the, uh, uh, not the, not the attorney, attorney from the plaintiff, who uh, well, tried to reference evidence that the judge had previously thrown out mm-hmm. in the trial. Well, Led Zeppelin's attorney actually tried to have this thrown out earlier this week, yep. and mm-hmm. uh, the motion was like, hey, you haven't pres- presented any evidence, and the judge was like, hey, you know, we'll just we'll just keep on going with this to see what happened. Uh, throughout the trial, if you haven't been following it, it is... Uh, there have been some highlights. Every time a member of Led Zeppelin is put on the stand, they play the rock star. In fact, Jimmy Page played a little air guitar. Robert Plant is like, I don't remember that. And John Paul Jones is essentially his, like, fuck Taurus. <laughs> like, he just doesn't, you know, acknowledge, like, any of that. Which is fair. I mean, this is... We're, how many years ago are we talking? Stairway, 71, 72. Yeah. Early. Yeah, and I think that the, Led Zeppelin. They, and the composition they're four. talking about for Taurus is like 69? 69. Yeah. But this is an interesting okay. thing, and this is why copyright law is sort of fucked. And there's another case that we're going to talk about in a later sort podcast. Of. Yeah. Well, completely. Um, so currently, uh, there's a three-year window once you make a claim. It can only, though, exist on essentially a remaster, which a case that might set precedence has actually just been, like, I, I don't mm. know what state it was in, but basically said a remaster is essentially a re-up release. of carp- copyright, mm. which means... Which means that I can, include, I can include all the Dylan, Stones, and Beatles remasters in my end-of-the-year top ten list. Oh, sorry. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, it means it has, has music. It has a larger impact on radio. I agree because what radio doesn't have to pay royalties on every anything past 1972. Yeah, they're trying to fix that. They should fix that. But, uh, but, but this specific judgment sort of like works in this because 
they they're remastering the, the Led Zeppelin things, and when they filed it, now they have a three year back and a three year forward mm-hmm. uh, window of which to like possibly collect royalties. And like, if you don't know Stairway to Heaven, I mean, the most popular song of all time. I don't think it's the most popular. How but is it it's not? Happy birthday. Yeah, I was going to say happy birthday just came off copyright. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. I got to start stacking the panels with that until I was like 11, really. You know what I mean? I feel like there are Beach Boys and Beatles songs that would come in well ahead of Really? Stairway to Heaven. Because nah, it's kind of mystic and weird. Let's like, roll with the premise that it is the most popular okay, song. Okay, well, it's, let's just say... Once you're past the age of 11, it's the most popular yeah, yeah, yeah. song ever. It's iconic. It's That's iconic is the thing. Um, you know, I'm basically uh, what's at stake here is they have to, you know, and this is a direct result of something we talked about last year, uh, the uh, Blurred Lines yes. case. This is this is a direct well, result. Well, they went, they went, they attempted to get the same judge or the same yes, district court. Did. Yeah. Yes, they did. And, uh, you know, so what has to be proved here in this case, um, there's ample evidence of access since it's pretty documented, they, they perform together. And, uh, you know, but what they have to prove is that they, they took that performance and then looked at it and, like, we're going to copy that. Also, because the copyright laws are fucked up, it's not about performance. It's about what's written down. Mm-hmm. So they can't just play the things in court. They have to actually pull out sheet music for each one and then play it off that. And they have been contracting musicians to come in and play this. Patrick, you seem like you have some thoughts. I'm not as caught up as I'd like to be, but I will say the report I read said that the plaintiff's lawyer was... Hmm, I've run into some shady plaintiff's lawyers in my life. Um, it said that the plaintiff's lawyers had mis- misrepresented some things in other trials, had been fined for certain things, and I sort of got the feeling that this was just a... When you're a lawyer, there are two kinds of lawsuits. There are lawsuits that have merit, and this is civil lawsuits. And there are lawsuits where the plaintiff's lawyer is trying to buy an airplane. <laughs> this sounds to me like a lawsuit where the plaintiff's lawyer is trying to buy an airplane. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I think, especially in light of the um, Marvin Gaye, what's it called? Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines case, yeah. like which I think was sort of not a great opinion. Um, the fact oh, that definitely they, wasn't yeah, a great the opinion. fact that they got in that court where that opinion is at least close to binding, if it's not the same judge, but within the district is arguably binding, uh, or at least very persuasive. I think that shows some of the weakness in the case. But on the other hand, ninety percent of lawyering is about gamesmanship. So good mm-hmm. on them for getting in that court and for going for that. And which is which is what's been fascinating about this to watch as a non-lawyer. You know, uh, I mean, look, Led Zeppelin's response is patently hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it is patently hilarious. But, you know, what they, there's a lot of things, like I said. That, that also from their attorney, uh, the music of spirit will not be remembered. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. With, 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 with dirt the, on the grave With the point of, like, yeah. in, like, family in the front yeah, row I mean, being it's, like, oh. <laughs> Well, so, so 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 there's a lot of you know some people have said maybe this falls under fair use, and a lot of people have said. In fact, uh, musicologist uh, Lawrence Ferreira said uh, the progression that movement has been around for 300 years, dating back to the 17th century. Well, in the 20th mm-hmm. century, before Taurus, 
A large number of popular musicians, artists, and composers also used it. What about the like Hobbit lyrics? No, I'm just kidding. Right? No, uh, no, you're right. So, no. So I think my larger mean, problem is this. I've got the vinyl back here. My larger problem is this: like, if uh, the problem with trying to take Zeppelin or Dylan down on a lot of the early stuff uh-huh. is mostly they were taking old blues music and just repackaging it or rearranging it and, and ripping it off. And though they've been to court for that, yes, and they've admitted it. Right, and so I'm not surprised with the notion that they allegedly took something and repackaged it and redid it. But at the same time, like I feel like it's a less, I haven't heard both songs, but I feel like it's a less obvious steal than some of the straight steals they do of other songs. I want to put out a a concept here and you guys can either agree or get on board or or we can discuss it or not. Is this um, sort of the reckoning of, of white people's hip hop? Where it's sampling. Can you, can you be more specific? <laughs> I can. So, hip hop was a culture uh, built on sampling and and using stuff yeah. and and using mostly it to make James other Brown, art. but yeah. And and if we're to be clear, that's art. That's not hip hop. That's not rock and roll. That's art. If you don't have influences, I I don't know if that exists. I don't know, Paul. You studied art history, right? No. That. Everybody has influences. Yeah. I think that's probably a yeah. true statement. Yeah. Yeah. Also, food enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the most famous example for people, which also involved like white folk, was uh, was Paul's I mean, boutique. Henri Rousseau might not have, uh-huh. but <laughs> do, do what? I said Henri Rousseau might not have yeah. had influences since he wasn't trained, and I don't think he'd been to an art museum that was when Paul's he started. Birthday but... art joke <laughs> yeah. brought to you, brought to you by. No, I'm just um, kidding. Yeah, but but my point is is that is that we've seen like a a, a culture and a, a genre of music go through this, but we honestly haven't seen it in rock and roll, and that's sort of what that case opened up, and so now I mean because the 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 terrifying precedent. That this opens up. If say this just got decided as like, yep, you know what, Led Zeppelin, you're guilty as hell, and you have to pay out these royalties, and everything. Who's gonna come out of the woodwork to sue every goddamn musician on the planet? I think the problem is it's open though. It's not just the stupid Marvin Gaye one. I blurred lines. Can't still mm-hmm. can't remember the name of the song. Didn't Tom Petty win against that British dude? No, he settled. Just sort of like winning, but the the settlement is the key. Once mm-hmm. you've once there's one judgment out there that yeah. you can point to, there's going to be what's going to come more. out is going to be strike suits, not actual suits. Right. Most of these aren't going to go to a jury. They're going to get settled. Guess for, how many rules of evidence except, apply to a settlement? Except None. now this has gone to a jury, and this is just something like I I've, I was reading today is that it might encourage people to go to a jury because they can get more money. Now, I mean, people have been settling since the fucking blurred line suit, and they've been getting paid. You know, straight up. You but go to a jury and get a lot more money. You could also get a lot less money. You can, yeah. but also there's a chance that you could set a precedent. Right, but you have to pay your lawyer's fees. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make any money off of it, and you're not somebody who's sitting on a bunch you of money, these are pay. not cheap cases, and you got to pay your lawyer's fees. So it's a calculated risk. I mean, maybe some of these guys are taking it on contingency, but oh, <laughs> nobody in uh, Zeppelin's can't is taking it on contingency. No, they're not in Zeppelin's can't. No, but you're of worried about not. the plaint- You're worried about new plaintiffs, not yeah. defendants. Yeah, like 
Right. There's a list of, of I'll put it in the show notes. There's a list of like people who have made similar claims mm. on smaller songs and against Led Zeppelin or others. No, other other musicians. Now, now that uh, some music it, sounds like other music. If you'd written Stairway, you would have written Stairway. Right. <laughs> so to that point, like, how does that figure into the legal landscape? And in, in in a in a Milieu well, where, we can, also, where we can actually, it, that actually doesn't matter. Like the truth, that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. But there's all sorts of legal ways around that. How, how do we protect artists from knowing that who have heard other music? I mean, you don't. That's the, that's the thing. That's that's legislation. You don't protect them to the legal system right now. Damn. There's also the question of like where I hate to sound like a law school student, but where does it end? Like, are you going to go after Dylan for covering House of the Rising Sun on right. his first album, which is basically the Dave Van Ronk version of a traditional folk tune that was later co-opted by the like by the animals that and turned into a number one song? It falls out of American like, copyright. What, yeah. I know, but there's also a question of like at what point does it become Dylan's? At what point does it become Dave Van Ronk's? At what point does it become something else? Well, I think I, I mean, think the point it becomes Dylan's or any artist is sort of is like when the old they joke do there's it. seven stories. There's like fifteen songs probably. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's sort of what we're talking about. Yeah, but but you said there's seven stories, and you see this in literature all the time too. Every time there's a massive right. Uh, every time there's like a massively popular book series or something like that. People come out of the woodwork and are like, aha, I came up with this same story structure with the same basic character yeah. uh, back in the day. But it's like, also in the Golden Bough, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's been the, in existence for 2,000 years. That's 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 just the way it is. And some of these suits um, have merit to them, and Agreed. many of them don't. And that's just what the legal system has to, has to work out. Unfortunately, there's no... I don't think there's a... I don't think there's I don't and, think there's something I don't think there's something you can say to like shield artists from this right. from this potential. I I think the best you can say is under the current legal system if you're getting sued for this stuff, it means that you've done something where you've been very successful already and hopefully you have the proper uh you know you have the proper protections through your label and hopefully. and you're covered. Can can we go back to a slightly different weird legal question? The statute of limitations for this guy to sue mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin didn't he sue on a previous version of the song and then it was settled? And then it's I didn't because, hear that. But I maybe not. That. Maybe I'm getting the facts wrong. But it's because of the remaster, yeah. which is considered new, that it opens up the avenue. I mean, part of the issue here for me is like, this song didn't come out three weeks ago or 10 years ago. No, so you, lo- right? you lose 40 years of revenue, essentially right. how it works. But you have. So how much is he going to get off the remaster? I mean, they've made half a billion dollars off the song. That was my point about it being the most popular song. Right. Is, is that Stairway to Heaven. At junior high dance. Yeah, Stairway to Heaven generates like fucking money. Yeah. Dollar bills, y'all. I mean, that's fucking. That, it, it is a moneymaker, just like, like Walk This Way, mm-hmm. Back in Black. Uh, you shook me all night long. Like any of anything you hear on classic rock is going to do that. So I'm like a bird. Oh, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. So <laughs> so so if you Sorry. come, I, I guess this is this is my fear in looking at this. If you come forward now of any of these songs, and it is more for newer artists because they don't enjoy that right. and enjoy that revenue stream mm-hmm. because their albums and songs don't make that much money unless they're lucky that. Look, Led Zeppelin could lose this and not give a fuck. 
that that's that's the reality. Who ca- they can't well, earn. Look, Led Zeppelin, guys, Led Zeppelin cannot make any more money than they have. The, those three remaining members of Led Zeppelin, yeah, are all getting up there. But they can't make any more money and than they have. None of them actually need more money. Yes, to be to live. I would say you might say, well, they can't buy a fourteenth house, and I would say, well, they don't need a fourteenth house. But maybe I'm just speaking socialistically here, but. Yes, you are correct that this is not really going to affect any of them in 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 their real pocketbook. But I do think part of the reason they have allowed this to go to, to to go to trial is I feel like the members of Led Zeppelin or somebody affiliated with them, whether it's Emmett Aragon who's dead or somebody related to him, and Emmett Aragon dead, I think he's dead. yeah. So someone has said, look, if you don't stand up to this and fight it, there's going to be settlement upon settlement upon settlement or. We're going to get a bad precedent here, and we're going to be stuck with this, and there's just going to be all these, you know, sure. copycat suits. Yeah. And so it is kind of interesting, but proving a negative that they didn't hear this and then co-opt it to make one of the most popular junior high dance songs of all time <laughs> that's made half a billion dollars since it came out, um, it's pretty hard to prove, I think. Yeah. Well... How does this play against your car seat headrest thing where Rick Ocasek or the people who have the rights to the car song shot down the Well, I mean, thing? It, I mean it, that's it, sort of an interesting... Dire- it's not directly... It's no, tend- but it's like it's a mirror. It's very tendential to it. Yeah. it. It's sort of like on the side. So, I mean, with that, it was a matter of people holding the rights mm-hmm. and you can't, like, reproduce that. But with this, is like a matter of who has the rights. So and uh, you know, I honestly, I I've just been doing with this and in, in producing another podcast we're doing, and I've been discussing some. We wanted to use a song, and I found the person who has the rights. They only have fifty percent of the rights, and they were able to grant us non-exclusive, which is, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. if you want to buy a song exclusively, like it's basically taking it off the market. Like they can't play it on radio, they can't do anything. Nobody has that money, uh, but mm-hmm. also non-commercial. It's a common uh, it's 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 a common uh, license uh, for nonprofit stuff basically. But what we're doing that for is for profit, and hmm. yeah. So so with with that basically what that basically means all all it does is splits up how much money or the where the money of Stairway to Heaven goes to. But the precedent, mm. if if they if they do it, I mean, and that's not a problem. Again, Led Zeppelin does not need any more money. But the precedent is that all of a sudden you can now get, if you wrote something remotely similar mm-hmm. to a track, everybody can get a piece of something based on the fact that they do art. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's my understanding and my feeling about it. I mean, Paul, do you is that? Sound about right. Uh, I think that might be going a little too far, but you know, you know me. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it it open it opens up another pathway, but yeah. uh, but I would say that I don't want to put too much on this particular case. This case Agreed. has gotten a lot of press because it's Led Zeppelin and because it's Stairway, but these cases happen all the time. Yeah. They just usually don't go to jury. They usually get settled and they go less away. than one percent of cases, civil cases in the United States, go to jury. Yeah, so. Let's just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think of this as like the creative apocalypse right here. It's just a copyright case that folks decided to fight one way or another. 
Well, uh, when the, so the headline uh, is "Creative Apocalypse," when, when the spirit overlords of uh, <laughs> of of Taurus come down upon us like Skynet. Listen, let me tell you, the lesson I'm taking from this is, Kevin, start remastering these podcasts yes. so that you don't lose yeah. the uh, lose the copyright, or don't, so it can't be copyrighted. Whoa. Oh. Uh, you guys ready to talk about some Diarrhea Planet? The band, or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. track is life pass name of the band is diarrhea planet uh name of the album i thought you were gonna say life house (laughs) no 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 uh name of the album is turn to gold uh we have actually had them on this podcast here we traveled down to the rock and roll hotel to talk to them uh paul and i have been uh, blessed with seeing their live performances at least once quinn and i actually at the rock and roll hotel went to see a performance and it was epic it was for both of us uh, I saw them at DC Nine. You did see them at DC. Yeah. I gave up my ticket to Thor. It's a lot of noise so. for DC Nine. It was pretty epic. Uh, this is, uh, in case you don't know, uh, and and you haven't been turned off by the name. Which, if you had, what's wrong with you? You have no no inner child. It's a great name. Uh, a six piece <laughs> army of shredders from Nashville, Tennessee, came through the DIY scene and have quite literally at this point won the world over with their over the top shows. And aforementioned maximum shreddage. Uh, like we said, there's nothing like a Diarrhea Planet show. Uh, this is this is basically power pop put through a what a metal lens. I think you know they try to be metal. There is four, count them four, four guitarists in this band. We got Jordan Smith on guitars and vocals, Emmett Miller on guitars and vocals, Evan Bird on guitar. Uh, Brent Toller on guitar vocals. And then, uh, bringing up the rear, you got Mike Boyle on bass and Ian Bush on drums. Uh, the third album, the first album in 2011 was Loose Jewels. Uh, that was more of a DIY thing. I'm Rich Beyond Your Wildest Dreams is when people were just like, shit, these guys are shredders. Um, and uh, now they're back with... I, I, will, I will start this off with a... Uh, a potent mix of 38 Special and Cheap Trick. All of uh, <laughs> the 80s. I feel like there's a little bit of Slaughter or Rat mixed in. Okay, okay. No, we're good. Yeah. Quiet Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is... I, You know, we're a little delayed in, in talking about this album. Uh, but that's okay, because 
it, it it's one I, I really want to talk about because it's a band that fascinates me. <laughs> because I will say up front, is what they have failed to put on album to this point, including Turn to Gold, is who they are as a band. Are we, can we agree with that? I've never seen them live, so Paul. But what I've read is that this is the closest they've got to capturing the live no, experience. No, not even close. No. no, I I would go the other way. Like their live. I sort of like the previous album more, so maybe I'm, yeah, I. Yeah, the, the previous album is much closer to the live show. The live show is just frenetic. It's pure energy. Everybody's just you know the the band is shredding. Everybody in the audience. There were people literally like. Climbing to the ceiling yeah. of DC Nine when I was there before, like trying to pull and a Spider Man up there. Around a dude in a hot dog. Suit. Yeah, like this is, <laughs> it's a fantastic live show. <laughs> but this, but the album, this album sounds to me like it's like stadium rock that doesn't really yeah. have a direction. It's like it won't fully commit to being stadium rock, mm. but it's got all of those riffs in the back. And, and let's, get, let's get in that Overproduced. path. Let's get down that path real quick. We're going to drop the tough love on this like real hard right here because in the Pitchfork review... Uh, I'm sorry, like, what publication? Pitchfork them. review. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is what they said. said, why not go all in like their predecessors, the darkness, and recruit a truly talented vocalist like Justin Hawkins? Now, to that point, mm. for that asshole or that review, I would say, do you not understand a band? You just don't recruit people. Like, <laughs> Diarrhea Panda is a band. I mean, these guys are fucking tight. But he has a point. And it's a point that's been repeated over and over about this album. This is not an original thought. Uh,. On Turn to Gold, it seems like they can't figure out if they want to be like the shredding live band or if they want to be the people who make great albums. And it's not, it's for me, it's not to the point where they've crossed the point of no return, but they're really fucking close. Point of no return in which direction? In which that no nobody cares about. There, there is mm-hmm. no point on this album where I can tell the difference between irony or commitment. Oh, 100%. And you have to choose. You mean, are you referring to a song like um, <laughs> Ain't It a Sin to Win? Well, that's the song <laughs> we're going to play. So, so, and that's commitment. Or irony or both. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, you look at it, starts off with hard style, which is essentially the Top Gun theme. Again, mm-hmm. that's not a problem. Actually, it might be a direct lift from Pachelbel's Canon, but I don't want to incite any lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. It's got the exact same structure. Well, it's I'm almost sure, got I'm the sure same it melody. And I mean, it's a canon is a around. style of music. Right, so, right. But yeah, it's I, built I, like I a think canon. You're right. Right. I think you're right. You know, announcement is the next song. Uh, it, it is Cheap Trick. We just heard yep. Life Pass. Uh, not my favorite song because lyrically, it's just not hitting it. Um, but, you know, the track people are talking about is Bob Dylan's Grandma. Very good emo pop, right? It's fine. It's yeah. It's playing around with like two or three different ideas, but yeah, you know. But by the time you get, you know, and, and we're gonna play "Ain't a Sin to Win" because I think that's that's the centerpiece of the album, and I'll explain why. But uh, you know, you go further through the album, you get to a track like "Hot Topic," so we know what "Hot Topic" is. It's a store. It's not something any of us actually know about because we're old. You know. So to be clear, this this podcast. I, I, I was in a hot topic three weeks ago. Were you? Is it like Spencer's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? I can buy. Go, go for I can ball. buy fake. Like, my, my little sister wanted a shirt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
right so <laughs> i thought maybe it was a cover of the la tigre song when it first started <laughs> but it's not no but that that song is uh the note i have is the irony police called <laughs> and, and they want to know what if, if this is uh a roborose rock uh you know the, the snake eating its own tail like it it there's a there's a weird lack of self awareness and a weird lack of commitment on this album, which I I don't know what to do with because, to be clear, I love this fucking band. Like I didn't see DC Nine Show, but I remember talking to you the day after DC Nine Show and you were just like, "Fuck." Yeah. Well, I can even remember my first podcast, which was the uh, dudes from Austin. Uh, rock guys, can't remember, but I remember Quinn being like, "We should go see this guys with Diarrhea Planet. It would be so awesome." And I was right. like, "Who the hell is Diarrhea Planet?" Right, right. Uh, but it's a long-standing uh, Chunky Glasses fave. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so what? <laughs> I I don't want to say like what happened, but like what what happened here? Mm. I think. Um, <sighs> If I had to guess, and this is pure sub- supposition, that uh, they felt like they had to evolve at this point. You pointed out it's been five years since their first DIY-ish yeah, yeah. album. It's been a few years since they got some hype mm-hmm. off the last album. They've mm-hmm. been touring relentlessly. They come through DC. And getting all the fucking hype for that. Yeah, which is Deserve great. It. Deservedly. But they come through DC like twice a year. But uh, I think uh, you remember, I remember you commenting after your interview that, you know, these guys seemed... Uh, they're not just like out there to burn some shows and then quit music at some point. Like no. they've got a lot of ambition, which you don't necessarily expect from a band who decided to call themselves Diarrhea Planet. Right, right. But that these guys wanted to do something, wanted to do something bigger, and this feels like them going like, okay, we've got a little bit more money, a little bit more production. Like yeah. there's some expectations here. Let's try to do something big. And, but, 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 they, and, but they don't go all in on any one idea. No, they don't. And, and it's funny because, like, uh, also, like, in interviews for this, people were, like, in the band were saying, like, well, our, our ultimate goal is, like, so we win a Grammy, and it's the ultimate irony or something. Like, a band called Diarrhea Planet wins the Grammy. It's like, well, this is, like, the furthest away from winning a Grammy. Uh, this actually might be close to winning a Grammy because the Grammys frequently Remember, the Grammys not so great music. Oh! <laughs> and actually, I'm joining the Grammys. I will, I will uh, tell you about this soon. You're joining? We can join the Grammys. He's going we can to be all a Grammy voter? voter? Are we voting for the Grammys Yes, now? we can. I vote for the B-Sharps. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a responsibility, so we wouldn't vote for this album, though. But, yeah, I... It, it is. It's this weird lack of direction and uh, and all of this sounds bad, but it's really not because like you can put this on and turn off your brain and be like, rock, right? Oh yeah, it rocks. There, but it's yeah. not great. There are there are definitely three or four worthwhile tracks. No question, even for someone who doesn't have much exposure to this band before beforehand, definitely worth hearing and. What, what are fun. your tracks? What, what's moving you, Patrick? I, I've kind of fallen pretty hard for announcement. Yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. I also think... Um, I think Ain't It A Sin To Win is either really good or really bad, but either way, it's really something, which I'm okay with. Well, that, that's actually... Let's, let's take a break yeah, and listen yeah, to that, it. because that, that is... Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, so we'll, we'll explore that after yeah. the break. So this is Ain't It A Sin To Win off of uh, Diarrhea Planets, Turn To Gold. Thank you. 
in heaven i mean at one point they run down the, the styles of motorbikes you can get in heaven uh but you know if you're going to commit and, and i think that is the moment on the album that they do commit mm-hmm. to uh you you can't find the personality of anybody in that band which is you know i are they classified as indie i, I don't know what they're like people say they are, but but here's here's how it was back in the day. You were a fucking rock band, and you just fucking rocked, and that was your deal. And if you wanted to go out and make an album about fucking motorbikes, you made an album about fucking motorbikes, and nobody it, like your exploits were not on the internet. Your exploits were not. Uh, you didn't have to explain yourself. You're just like here's a song about fucking motorbikes, and for that. I give like double thumbs up or whatever it is mm-hmm. to Diarrhea Planet. It's a, it's a pretty kick-ass song. I mean, it's not overthinking anything. It's not <laughs> motorbikes in heaven, right? Yeah, no, it it. I think Paul's live that would be horrified. pretty great. I I think it comes back to what we were saying before, though. Like, I still can't tell whether there are air quotes around this or I, not. I can't either. And I don't. Right. I, that's the song that I think maybe where you and I are, Kevin is. Yeah. A lot of songs where I can't tell if they're air quotes. That's one of the first songs where I don't care. Right. 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 Lots of things. I don't care about any of it live. But if I'm going to put this on right. mm-hmm. at home, then I I kind of want to know what they're going for. So what if there's no air quotes around this and it's a whole album of this? Which is not a whole album Oof. of that. The very next song, Dune, which honestly I hoped was about Arrakis. So did I. <laughs> I was. Re- I think everybody I was, was really, really excited. Like, oh, this is about Arrakis, <laughs> and it's not. It's about. Uh, it's about like mental. Like it's about depression. Yeah. Um. As is the uh, last track, Headband. You know, talking about life is hard and stuff. You know. The second half of the album is a little bit of a downer. Lie down. Lay down. Lie down. Yeah. Wow. But I still don't know whether to take it seriously, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be serious about that. Like, I there's probably somebody in the band who's had these issues and they're working through them. But like, it's like the boy who cried wolf right here. Right? Are you trying to make the requisite like introspective ballad because that's what you're supposed to do, or is it because it's coming from a place of genuine pain? Well, I mean, now you got your bro card back. You can speak as a bro. <laughs> like, so is it a bro thing? Like, you want to protect yourself? Like, I don't want to tell him too much, or or is it, or is it just? I mean, it it might be, mm-hmm. and you know, taken to its extreme, you get Father John Misty. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if they're if they're there. It's more just that 
I don't know where they are because I don't think that this album has a cohesive theme other than just shred, which it's the rep, which is fine, which we talked about though. Like albums can be just calling cards for like a document and then you go out and play your shows. And and look, we're all advocates of bands that just make their, you should be playing. This will not, this will not prevent me from going to see them at a show. But but if you want to be thought of it's, it's the question. It honestly, if we want to put it the way you put it earlier, it's the darkness question right here. The Darkness is not concerned with being seen as, like, a serious band. They're just like, we kick ass, come see us at the shows. Exactly. And if you want to go that direction... And as a result, they kick ass more than any other band. And if... But if you want to be, like, you know, the band that's going for the critical plaudits and people are, like, doing think pieces about them and stuff like that, then you've got to let down your guard a little bit. Yeah. And you've got to be a little bit sincere... Or you've got to fully commit to insincerity. Right, right. Like, you have to commit to something. Like, when you're skipping over the surface saying, maybe we're serious, maybe we're not, take a guess. Then yeah. If you're not going to commit to your music, nobody's going to commit to you. Uh, yeah. I say this as a fan of the two bands I'm about to mention, or at least a quasi-fan or sometimes fan. There was a moment, I feel like, where Diarrhea Planet could have become something other than King Canada. King Can and the Barbecue Show or whatever it's called, oh, yeah. or the Black yeah. Lips. And I think this might have been the album where they could have become something other than those bands, but I think they've decided it's okay if we're just those bands. And that's what's a little disappointing about it, um, is that it's, it doesn't go beyond... You I'm know, giving them a, a little more credit. Uh, I, no, you, yeah. you should, and that's fine, but what I'm saying is, unless they do something remarkable right. on the next one. Yeah. I think that's where they are. Okay, yeah. and that's where so, they're going to so live for the next five years. I'm completely on board with They're going to live for the next five years unless they unless something else happens. And that's kind of where I go, uh, there was a moment here you could have maybe, and I don't even follow this band, but it feels like they could have done something more interesting. Yeah. But do they need to? Again, well, that's another question. It, it is. It is. I mean, and also in the article, it's like you know the splitting of like people talk about this band like you got to see them live, like they mm-hmm. talked about the dead, right? And that really is, and that's something I don't think we've seen in in the indie rock scene, period. For a while, I can't name a, I can't name a single band that has been popular on the blogs that people like. Well, they sort of suck on record, but you got to see them live. It's it's usually the two. This, I think the Future Birds are. Way better live than on record, but anyway. sure, yeah. sure. But they don't get love either right. way, yeah. unfortunately. Anyway, um, so what are you gonna do with it, Patrick? I'm not gonna buy it. Um, that leaves two options. Yeah, I, 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 there are like three or four songs that I would go back to here, so it's pretty hard for me to say full pass. But I gotta say, like, amongst the many very good to great albums that I think have come out this year. I don't think this is in the top yeah, 30 or 40. I, 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 it's hard for me to say this is like a go out and get this unless you're really into this band or you just really love like hair metal. <laughs> hair metal mixed with something else. Like, And I say that as someone who grew up on hair metal. Like, yeah. There are portions of this where I'm like, I love that, that solo. streamer pass, Patrick? I'm going to take the... Uh, well, since you're turning whatever you're turning, I'm going to say, because in light of your old age, this is a little bit of a pun, I'm going to say weak stream. Oh. All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Paul. Talking to my prostate. I got a kid coming, all right? So, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Something's working. <laughs> Um, 
it's a stream for me. Like there's there's enough here that I like well enough, but it's not something that I'm gonna jump back to very yeah. often. Yeah. Um, I'll go see them live. Yeah, fuck I like yeah. them. They're fun to watch. Uh, can I, I, before you say, if you're gonna go see them live, can I just say to everybody because I've listened to this, I've been listening to this band for almost two straight days. I feel like I've lost some hearing in my right ear. <laughs> so I just want to say, wear your plugs, kids. Wear your plugs. They are very loud. Wear your plugs. Wear body protection. Yeah. And Kevlar. have Quinn to bring you beers if you're yeah, shooting it. Exactly. Because as, uh, I am, I think, uh, this is across the board of stream. It is. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I, f- I believe in this band. I, I, I think the world deserves this band and uh, we need them. Like nobody is. This planet deserves diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's going in the intro. <laughs> but going but, on the billboard. But you know what? God damn it! They didn't really make a good album, and uh, so just stream it, listen to it, and then when they come to your fucking town, buy a goddamn ticket and I, yeah, yeah. Switch producers, guys. I'm sorry, uh, whoever did this, like, maybe just change it up. That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah. Switch it up. Yeah, we aren't often to, like, give, like, switch producers to see what like happens. That, but, like, have some, have an editor. Yeah. Something. Anyways. Diarrhea Planet. Turn to gold. Uh, thank you guys for coming down. Yeah. Name of the band there was Diarrhea Planet. Name of the album was Turn to Gold. Uh, hope if you hadn't heard that band before, which is sort of it's sort of weird that you listen to this and haven't heard that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we turned you on to something groovy. And if you had, uh, you know, you you know about them, you know, and maybe you have some thoughts. You know, maybe you agree with us completely. Maybe you disagree with us. Hit us up. Hit us up at uh, info at chunkyglasses.com or email Paul. Paul likes to answer questions all the time. Paul at chunkyglasses.com. Uh, and uh, you know, let's talk about it. Yeah, and I, and I and I gotta stress again. I think we stressed this in the conversation, but the uh, the one takeaway when we're talking about Diarrhea Planet is that they are bar none one of the best live bands on the planet. They uh, on our planet, not the Diarrhea Planet. Um, you know, in, in the twenty five some odd years when I've been going to see shows, uh, I've seen a lot of fucking rock shows, and I have seen this band twice. And each time it is uh, enlightening, uplifting, mind-blowing, mind-expanding. It is what it is pure rock and roll uh, put forth on the stage for you. So if they're coming to your town, don't hesitate. Buy your ticket. Go see them. Make it happen. Do what you have to do to make it happen. Um, before we get out of here this week, <clears throat> we'd like to play a track for you. Uh, it being 4th of July, uh, it's sort of convenient that Carl Brummel, the guitarist for... My Morning Jacket has an album coming out here called Fourth of July. Uh, the track we're going to play is called In the Dark. Uh, it, it's sort of a it's sort of a folksy thing, and you know, on his last album, All Birds Say, it definitely it, it was almost like a guitarist's 
uh, album. So if you play guitar, which like I do, you appreciate a lot of stuff that he's doing. This is a lot more developed songwriting, a lot, uh, a lot folkier. Uh, than that last one, but a lot of the stuff that you love about My Morning Jacket actually coming into this, um, which is which is nice to see, you know, because they're they're an amazing band and Carl is a big part of that. Uh, so if you're ready, we're gonna hear uh, In the Dark off his upcoming solo OP Fourth of July. You ready? Hit play. Here we go.
Despite the name of the track is In the Dark is off Carl Brommel's upcoming LP, uh, 4th of July. You can get that on August 19th. You don't have to wait too long. Uh, and if you search around, I think there's a couple more singles out for that, so check it out. So uh, if you're a fan of My Morning Jacket, um, this is sort of a must. You must have it. Uh, that's our podcast uh, this time around. Thank you guys for listening. If you don't subscribe to us and you dig what we're doing, uh, please do that. Hit us up in iTunes or Google Play. You can do it one or the other place, whichever you use. Uh, you can give us a rating if you like. Feedback is always good. It keeps us straight. and keeps us like, like on, on the level and like in our lane. Um, so we know if we're getting too far outside of what we should be doing. And uh, you can listen to us on Mixcloud, too. You can listen to us on Stitcher, uh, both of those for free. And, uh, or you can just you know pop it up on the site and listen to it there. Uh, so you know we thank you for listening. Uh, if, you, if you're listening to us on the 4th, please celebrate safely. Do not blow yourself up. Do not blow your friends up. Uh, just enjoy your cold beverage and, uh, and America. So uh, with that in mind, uh, we will talk to you in a few short days. Uh, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!